Welcome to the Grace Vineyard Podcast, where we are building growing communities of worshipers who are becoming like Christ, empowered to do His work. We hope you enjoy this message. That was an amazing morning, right? Isn't it cool going to a church that isn't nervous when, like, the Holy Spirit comes in and screws up your schedule? Like, <laughs> I like his schedule way better, you know? And now I don't have to talk as long, which is really a relief, you know? A lot of the stuff that happened this morning really played right into my hand because the Holy Spirit loves me. I don't know if some of the people here that are closest to me have noticed a thing with me lately, right? But, um past few months, I've had some stuff going on, and uh, well, I'll start by saying that in two weeks is Father's Day, and um, those of you that don't know, uh, our buddy Snake is going to be speaking. It's going to be amazing, and uh, yeah, let's give Snake a hand. Father's Day is a wonderful memory for me. Not really, no, not at all. Um, One of the most devastating times of my life. Uh, had to do with my father. He, uh, he passed, and it was weird. Like, like, it wasn't just like this wave of badness showed up on me. It was like this multiple waves of tsunami hit me. Like, my dad passed, and two weeks later, my best friend was shot. And then some other things happened, and that was when I got sober, right? That was 26 years ago. And uh, I got sober out of the worst time of my life. And then uh, some of you know this past year, kind of the same kind of scenario happened again. Only this time, my mom and my sister passed on the same day of unrelated causes. And um, it kind of sent me. (laughs) I was having a really hard time. And so I imagine some of you know what this is like. Maybe not that exact situation. But you know what it's like when life hits, right? It doesn't just hit you. It's not like you're looking at this one problem that happened and you have to deal with this one problem. There's all this stuff that comes behind it. Like, 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 like there's a wake, you know? And, uh, and so I, I found myself, like, going around my friends and thinking they don't, they don't really think much of me, you know? And I'm, just, I'm reading into stuff in their eyes and reading into stuff in their conversations. And you guys ever done that? Am I alone here? <laughs> it was like this voice, right? Now, some people would call that voice a demon. Someone would say it was Satan. Uh, I'm not going to put a name on it. I just know it ain't good. It wasn't the Holy Spirit. But I found myself in a corner, and uh, I didn't know how to get out of it. It's kind of like uh, Jonah must have felt, you know, sitting on the deck when he realizes this storm's on my, you know, it's my fault this storm's going to kill everyone on this ship. And he tells him, go ahead and toss me over. Or uh, that moment when David's standing there, like David had just taken his guys out to raid another town, right? King David. And uh, so they left Ziklag or Ziglak, and uh, they go and they raid this place, and they get a bunch of stuff, and they're all happy about it, and they come back, and they find their own town has been burnt down, and the, the women and children have been taken, and all the goods have been taken, and now they have nothing. 
And so if that wasn't bad enough, they start picking up stones. Like <laughs> this guy that they followed into war that they thought was so great, they wanted to kill him. Imagine how he felt in that moment. And so that's kind of like how I was feeling, although I, I didn't lead everybody off to war. But uh, I was in a situation, and I was positive, like, mm, no one liked me. And I was starting to listen to that voice, you know? And, you know, Michelle's over here giggling because she knows me well. I go to that place, right? <laughs> but I found a way out of it. And so that's what I wanted to share about today, right? Because I think, uh, you know, it's awesome to be one of those pastors that, uh, you know, you, you've got these grand sermons, you know, and you're really good at that, right? And, but uh, I'm kind of the guy I'd rather just feed you off of my plate. You know, this is what I'm studying right now, and I want to show it to you. And uh, so it says that... Uh, <laughs> They start picking up rocks. I'm sorry. I'm still talking about David in case you guys hadn't noticed. Um, they pick up rocks, and it says he was discouraged. <laughs> but then it says that he strengthened himself in the Lord. But if you look at uh, other, other translations, one says uh, he found strength in the Lord. And another one says he encouraged himself in the Lord. So I'm thinking that in the original language, it was something between those three, right? And so we're going to go with that. And the big question of today is how did he do that? What does it mean to encourage yourself in the Lord or to strengthen yourself in the Lord? And so I went on an entire study of trying to figure out how David did this. And I went to the greatest theologian there is, Google. I mean, no. Yeah. I did go to Google. <laughs> They're not the greatest theologian. You can find all kinds of wrong stuff there. But I studied enough stuff that I found a common theme. And really, you can find out what was up with David just by reading Psalms. And so I read a ton of the Psalms. And how awesome is it that we have a worship leader, I call her a pastor, she didn't like that, but Amy is constantly bathing us in the Psalms. She doesn't just lead worship. She teaches us about the Psalms on a regular basis. It's amazing. It's part of what brought me out of my funk, right? And so today I wanted to share with you um, a Psalm you don't hear a lot about. It's Psalm 77. That it really does uh, point at what I'm trying to get today. And so Dave starts out, uh, you know, talking about how great God is. Like he starts all the Psalms, not really. I cried out to God for help, which is where we should all start, right? I cried out to God, I, I cried out to God to hear me. When, when I was in my distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out my untiring hands, and I would not be comforted. Uh, another translation says my soul would not be comforted. Yeah. That kind of sets the stage, right? That's exactly how I was feeling. I couldn't find rest. But he goes on. I remembered you, God, and I groaned. Everybody say, I remembered. I meditated and my spirit grew faint. 
you kept my eyes from closing. See, God was already answering his prayer. Not a word, but he was already answering it. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. So his focus begins to change here. Like, have you ever, anyone here ever use a camera? Is Michelle here? <laughs> we, we have a few uh, photographers at our church. If you ever try to focus a camera, I know today everyone just uses their iPhones and it does this automatically, but I remember I took a class on how to use a camera back before the digital days, and like they were teaching us a little bit about focusing, and it's amazing. All you got to do is turn that thing a little bit, and you see everything in the picture you couldn't see before, right? You can change the entire picture just by changing your focus. So he says, I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered, everybody say I remembered, my songs in the night. He remembered his own worship. Think about that. He wrote all these worship songs, and not only did it bless God's heart to hear the worship, but it ended up blessing him in the end because it was those songs that reminded him the character of God. And I know... There's a lot of people in the room saying, I don't have a voice. I'm not very good with words. I know. I say these things about myself all the time. But I remember when my oldest daughter was little, um, she would sing when she played alone, right? She'd be off in her room. She'd be playing with her toys, and she would sing. And she didn't know anything about, you know, how to sing or, or what key to sing in. I think she had this thing. She sang in all keys at once, right? She, really, really talented. And she didn't know anything about rhyme or meter or anything like that. But these songs that she wrote was the most beautiful thing I've ever heard, right? David would be jealous. She would sing, I love my papa. He buys me ice cream. And my Barbie doll's going to have ice cream too because papa's so good. And she would sing like that. Now think about how God hears us because those were the greatest things ever. A heart of worship can change anything. Yeah, I heard an amen there. I like to hear that. So, yeah, uh, let's just set some ground rules here. If there's anyone in the room that thinks they're supposed to shut up, please forget about that. I'll speak against that spirit. You all can talk here. It makes me remember I'm not looking at this bright light. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You guys are funny. <laughs> Will the Lord reject forever, he said. Will he never show his favor again? I've felt that before. Like I've screwed up so bad he's not going to help anymore. Oh, man. Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Which is kind of an oxymoron, because if it's unfailing, how does it vanish? But at any rate... Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? And so here's where the song changes. And it's proven to be just like every other psalm almost that, that David did. Uh, Tim Mackey calls them uh, psalms of lament, right? 
because they tell God what's going on. Have you noticed uh, uh, it's kind of a Christian trend right now when we pray? Like, like we go to pray healing on someone's lower back, right? I have lower back pain. And so, you know, first you sit them down and stretch. No, I'm joking. Um, you, uh, <laughs> for, first you, uh, you, you start talking about the pain, and then you go straight to, God, relax this muscle, and then relax that muscle, and, and then bring calmness over. As if God needs a diagram of how to heal somebody, right? He needs me to tell him how to do it, right? <laughs> So uh, I got lost in that, sorry. David's really good at saying, God, where are you? How come my life sucks? Everyone's surrounding me. Oh, my goodness. And he goes on and on and on, sounding like a child. And then suddenly he says, oh, why did I, what was I thinking? Of course you're always here. The Psalms do this over and over and over, and so does this one. But this one, I think, has more of a diagram of how he gets from point A to point B. He says, then I thought, to this I will appeal. Remember, Paul told us through prayer and, what is it? Meditation? No, through prayer and petition. We're supposed to petition God about what we want. You know, what does that look like? That looks like a teenager going, oh, come on, Mom, I'll do really good, I promise. I'll feed the dog every day, just let me have the puppy, you know? That's what we're supposed to sound like to God. We're supposed to bug him. Jesus told us, knock and knock and knock. Don't stop knocking. But then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand. I will remember. Everyone say, I will remember. The deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember. Your miracles of long ago. Ron likes to tell me about this thing called, spirit, he calls it spiritual amnesia. And I went through it, actually. Uh, I remember I was up in back, the office I have now used to be Jose's office. And uh, Pastor Jose was the assistant pastor back then. And yeah, anyway, uh, we were all up there talking. And uh, I was talking about, well, I've never actually seen a healing. And, and like Ron almost like spit his coffee all over himself, you know, and uh, and I was kind of a new Christian at the time, but, you know, this place was on fire, right? And, uh, and Ron's all, wait a minute, wait, wait, don't you remember? And he talked about the first healing I was actually a part of, right? Where I got to be one of the guys with hands on the man, right? There was this old guy that used to come, and uh, he, he was on a cane. He, he didn't walk real well. And, and so I would always put a chair out for him in the very back corner over here because that's where he liked to sit. And, uh, and one day, uh, Jose asked me to be his prayer partner, right? Wow, I get to go up front. And uh, so we're standing right over here when the stage was much smaller. And uh, he came down here for the first time, right? He had been coming here forever, but it was hard for him to get down with his cane. And so he, he came down and wanted me and Jose to pray. And he had all this swelling on this side of his face. And uh, so... I guess he had an infection, and he had gone through three rounds of antibiotics, and nothing was, nothing was happening. So he decided to try prayer, you know. We prayed, and we prayed, and it seemed like nothing happened, you know. And Jose explained to me, you know, it doesn't always happen, you know. It's okay. Don't, don't get upset, Steve. And so the next week, the guy came early, and there was no more swelling. And he said when he woke up the next day, he had a, another doctor's appointment, and the infection was completely gone. 
And so, but I, yeah. I don't, don't clap for me. I was just there, you know. <laughs> I witnessed a miracle. But uh, so, uh, like, I had forgotten this happened. How do you forget something like that, right? <laughs> that, that'd be like the, the, the guy at Gate Beautiful not walking his whole life, and they heal him, and he gets up and walks, and three days later, he's like, yeah, did, did that even happen? You know, it's like... We have spiritual amnesia, so we got to be reminded of this stuff. That's why we write it into the songs. That's why we read this a lot. Because this thing's packed with evidence. And I was right here. And so he's talking about keeping the character of God in the forefront of your mind. Keeping your focus on God's character. Because all that squawking that I hear in my head, it ain't talking about God's character. In fact, it's telling me the complete opposite. It's trying to condemn me on my character. And my character, although it is important for me to work on my character, my character isn't what counts. It's not. It's not what I know and what I do. It's who I know and what he can do. Amen. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? That first God was lower case G in case you're starting to think about multiple gods. You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among people. With your mighty arm, you redeem your people. The descendants of Jacob and Joseph, everyone say amen. The waters saw you, God. He's talking about the Red Sea here. The waters saw you and writhed. The very depths were convulsed. The clouds poured down water. The heavens resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. There he's talking about a storm. Which storm could that be? Something about covering the entire world. Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. Your path led through the sea. Your way through the mighty waters, though your footprints were not seen. Somebody say amen after that. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. See, it was a Jewish thing to constantly remember the character of God. And they remembered the character of God not by something they were told about, but by something that actually had happened to their people. Their entire culture was about celebrating the things God did. Their meals were evolved around, revolved around it. I want to be more like that. I want to remember God in everything I'm doing because then this thing shuts up. And so in David's moment, (laughs) when they're ready to pick up the stones and stone him, he says, bring me the ephod. And they might put a picture of the ephod up there. I don't know if I gave it to you guys or not. But what an ephod is, is it was like a vest, right? Ah, there it is. And it had a, a bunch of rocks on it. And this was something they would use to talk to God. Does the ephod have any significance? I don't really know. I wasn't there. But I know that they believed that. 
And so suddenly, after strengthening himself in the Lord, he has this epiphany. I need to talk to God. (laughs) Smart guy. So he tells him to bring the ephod. He puts the ephod on, and he asks God, point blank, should I pursue them? He's talking about the people who burned down the town and stole his, all the belongings and all the women and all the children. And God said, yeah, yeah, you should pursue them. And he said, will I succeed? And he said, yeah, you won't only succeed, but you're going to get back everything. And he did. So I want to put a side note in here real quick. Uh, this wasn't the good guy getting what he deserved. Remember at the beginning, I said David was out raiding a town, right? (laughs) David was not being an honest dude. David was down in Philistine pretending to be a part of Philistine. Like, I've left the Jews. I don't want nothing to do with them because the king wants to kill me. I'm a part of this now. I'm one of your dudes. And then he would go out and raid a Philistine town. And when he came back, the Philistine king would say, what did you do today? And he would lie and say he attacked someone in Judah, right? (laughs) He wasn't being a good dude, but he was still after God's heart. So David and his men went to pursue the people that killed him, the, uh, the Amalekites. And, uh, you know, they're riding along, they're riding along. And, um, or no, before they left, I'm sorry, I skipped a very important part. A third of his men weren't ready to go. There was a total of 600, and 200 of them were too tired from the last trip. And so he left them to watch their supplies. That way they're traveling light. And they ride on, and uh, David didn't even know where he was going. They're trying to track him and stuff. And they happened to run into this guy who's sitting out there dying. David has his men stop. They make camp. They give the guy water. They feed him. They're there for three days. Now, remember, they're trying to pursue their women and children, but David's deciding to sit there. It doesn't say in Scripture, but I'm I'm thinking that some of the men had it in their mind to pick up stones again. It's like, what are you doing taking care of this guy? But it's what he chose to do. So David goes, and after the guy's refreshed a little, after a few days, David goes to talk to him, and he asks the the guy what's up, and he says, I'm a slave. I was a slave of the Amalekites, and we just went and conquered this town and took all the women and children, but I ended up sick, so they left me here to die. And so now he's on David's side, because David just saved his life. The slave showed David and his men how to find the Amalekites. And when they went to attack them, these guys were all drunk and partying, celebrating their win because they were able to take a town with no fight at all. So David came in and easily took them and took everything back. It says that he recovered everything, every, every woman, every child, all the gold, And he was able to bring it back and give it back to all the families. Somebody say amen. So David was strengthened in the Lord. Then he inquired of the Lord. And then he received 
and believed God's promise. If you go back to the book of Genesis, you find out that believing God's promise is righteousness. God counts that in us as righteousness. It's as righteous as we'll ever be is believing him. There was someone else that recovered all too. Jesus. Adam lost everything for us. And Jesus got it back. He took the only path possible and he went back and he got everything back for us. And I think that's God telling me that it's over. Am I done? Was that the alarm? (laughs) I acknowledge the timer. Anyone in 12-step will know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I have one minute right on. <laughs> so I'm hoping all my ramblings actually meant something to you guys today. But I, what I can tell you, what I can tell you is. This study fixed what was going on with me because now I don't hear a voice telling me how bad I suck. I'm not hearing a voice telling me that you guys don't like me right now. And it was funny because I was in the middle of that funk when Ron told me I would be speaking today and I went, oh no, (laughs) you know, (laughs) not today. And so I still have something uh, I want to give you here, but uh, if the band could come on up, that'd be great. So you guys can start when I'm done. Um, I would like to give you something from a pastor, S.M. Lockridge. Um, I found uh, his personal rendition of Psalm 23, and it's a little bit different. And I know you should not change scripture, but this is kind of neat, and I like it. Pastor Lockridge said, The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. I shall not want for rest, for he makes me lie down in green pastures. I shall not want for refreshment, for he leads me beside the still waters. I shall not want for forgiveness, for he restores my soul. I shall not want for guidance, for he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I shall not want for companionship, for yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. I shall not want for sustenance or provision, for you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I shall not want for joy, for you anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. I shall not want for anything in this life, for goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I shall not want for anything in the life to come, for I will dwell. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
Now, I didn't say I would camp or tent or tabernacle. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will dwell in a land where we'll never grow old. I will dwell out there where the silence of eternity is interpreted by love. I will dwell in the sun-kissed regions of an uncloudy day. Dwell in a city that hath foundations whose building's maker is God. Dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Jesus Christ is Lord. If there's anyone in here that's feeling the way that I was feeling a couple weeks ago, please come down and get prayer. There's going to be some people down here to pray for you. If you don't know Jesus yet, I really hope today's the day. There's a line for you to cross right now. It's right about here. It's, we call it the chicken line. You just got to jump over that thing. It's okay. Jesus is waiting for you. He's standing at the gate saying, is this the day he or she is going to come? Is this the day? And he'll run and meet you right where you're at. I promise you that. We'll see you guys next week. We hope you've enjoyed this message. This weekly podcast is available on our website, gracevcf.org, where you can learn more about Grace Vineyard and our vision for people everywhere to know and worship God.